everyone. How's it being a great youth director, but also an amazing guitar musician? We'll find out today because I'm interviewing Pastor Gregory Taylor of Kentucky, Tennessee. Stick around. intro that's wonderful <laughs> thank you so much Pastor Greg it's, it's great to have you on the show today uh, and it's a pleasure to be speaking with you I'm gonna get right into it because I said it in the intro how has being an awesome guitar musician uh, helped your career in youth ministry oh man um, wow that's yeah it's it's interesting because like uh, sometimes we have hobbies and and for instance, I, I'm an artist. I, I love to draw. And I went into uh, college and I'm kind of a little, a little bit running away from the Lord. Um, I, I didn't want to, I wasn't a, a theology major at first. And, and so I thought, I'm going to try graphic design. Maybe I'll look at music. Maybe I'll do it. And, and I took like a few classes in graphic design and all the, all the power to graphic artists. But I, I realized very quickly, like, I cannot do this for a living, you know, deadlines. It's like, no, I don't like this. Fix that. You know, it just it would kill me. And, uh, and, and you know, music was the same way. It's, it's kind of like um, this has been an awesome way to just enhance my ministry, to connect. Like I've taught a lot of guitar lessons. Of course, leading worship is part of it. Um, it's just a really cool way. Um, I, you know, I, I'm do sports as well. And these are just ways to connect with people, find different avenues of, of making connection. And guitar has definitely been that. And it's remained a hobby for me too. So, yeah. Awesome. Amen. Uh, and what you said in your answer is very interesting. It's something I find when I'm speaking with a lot of pastors is the fact that you weren't thinking about becoming a pastor. It's definitely a, a call that was placed upon you by God. Uh, could you elaborate a little more on that? Oh, this is a this is a good story. Um, I had a I had a conversion experience my junior year, and that's that's about an hour story, so I don't have time for that right now. But uh, just a a moment where I met Christ, like I'd heard about Christ, I knew about Christ, but I didn't know Christ until my junior year of high school, and and uh, you know gave my heart to Him. Just had an incredible incredible conversion, and. You know, went to college um, and I was just, you know, thinking, I don't know, um, pastors, it's it's everyone's judging you. <laughs> you know, you're up front all the time. Uh, it, you know, I don't know if this is really what I want to do. I, I, I had felt the call, but at the same time, anyway, long story short, um, I walked around. I was at Pacific Union College. Uh, I went around. They had this job uh, department fair. So all the different departments, you know, graphic design, of course, they had uh, um, nursing, they had um, physical therapy, they had just different, um, you know, teaching, education. 
And so they had different booths and they had their, you know, brochures and they had people telling you about that major. And, you know, I went around to, you know, different departments and picked up their brochure. I was a freshman. I still didn't know what I was going to do. And I remember I went right past theology. It was just like, nope, <laughs> not even going to, not even going to pray about this one. Um, anyhow, I got to the, it was kind of like they circled you around the gym and I got to the exit of the gym and I could not leave. Like I started having this, this, uh, out loud verbal argument with God. Um, and I, I kept just saying, Lord, please, no, please, no, I don't want to do this. Like, and I could not leave the gym and people were passing me, like looking at this weird guy. Um, but I couldn't do it. And finally, like, I, I just, I gave up and I went back and I talked to the theology to booth. I got there, the brochure and I didn't sleep that night. Um, you know, I had already felt a call to ministry before. Um, but that was kind of the moment where I, I did wrestle with God a little bit. And, you know, I kind of just came to the conclusion, you know, if God has called me to this, he's going to prepare, he's going to equip, he's going to give me what I need to do it. Cause I know I didn't have it. Um, but the Lord, you know, he provided. And that next, that next morning I declared theology and, uh, kind of been doing this thing ever since. <laughs> Wow. It's it definitely is a, a, a wrestling experience when God is calling you to ministry and you are just you you know the stress and the the pain that it can go in your life when you there's a lot of joy in it. But there's a lot of it's a lot of it's a tough life being in ministry. That's definitely for sure. Uh, so you answered the call. You became a pastor. And uh, but what led you into youth ministry? <laughs> wow, that's uh, I, I've always loved youth ministry. Um, I actually had a call to be a pastor and a teacher at the same time. Um, and right out of college, my my uh, my senior year, beginning of a senior year. And I, I wrestled with that, one too, because I loved education. It was at my school, my Adventist school where I you know met Christ. Um, but I also you know felt the call to be a pastor and. Um, I guess kind of as a side note, I, I think, I think we underplay just the incredible ministry that our teachers do in the classroom. They are ministers of the gospel. They are changing lives daily. Um, and, uh, you know, I knew that, you know, I looked at my pastor, I had a wonderful pastor growing up, but it was my, my teachers, it was my chaplain that really helped me make that commitment. And so that's kind of what drove me to accept the call to be a teacher. So I actually started off um, taught for four years as a chaplain in Michigan. Then I was three years. I was a chaplain in Spencerville uh, teaching. You know, I also taught history and PE and you know, just all the other hats they give you uh, philosophy. Uh, but after seven years of teaching, that's when I um, received the call to be a pastor. And uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm going really quick, but <laughs> uh uh, loved it. I loved, I, I had a church in Indianapolis. I loved the church. I loved the kids. Just very, it's very interesting because I was in the Adventist education realm for so long, but all of my youth at my church were at public campus students. And so I went from one, you know, one, seven years of Adventist education focused ministry to not one of my kids goes to an Adventist school and kind of just lit a little place in my heart for all of our young people, not just the ones in our schools, but all of our young people. Um, and, uh, you know, for three years, I, I was only pastoring there for three years. I was hoping to stay a lot longer. Um, but that's when uh, 
you know, the Lake Union, um, I actually received the call for Chicago or Illinois and Wisconsin on the same night, an hour away from each other. <laughs> so I got both youth director positions were offered to me the same night. And that was another uh, prayerful moment. A lot of, man, that's a long story too, but um, the Lord just uh, kind of put on my heart at Wisconsin is where where I needed to start. And uh, I'd always, to answer your question a little more specifically, I worked very closely with Charlie Thompson, my prior youth director when I was a young person, uh, Gary Thurber, who's now the Mid-America. He's been a mentor of mine. And I've just spent so much time with youth directors and youth ministers that it kind of like, I've been able to take a little bit from, you know, Charlie, I've been able to take a little bit from the many other young, young adult youth people and and also using this, the gifts and skills that God's given me, it's kind of helped me say, okay, I could totally do it that way, or I would totally do it this way, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but yeah, I just, just being involved. And if I had any advice for college students going into, into ministry, um, it's really not about the grades. <laughs> it's about who, you know, it's about making those connections. Um, Every weekend when I was in in, uh, in colleges, I was doing uh, public campus stuff with my youth director. I was doing a youth rally in Indiana. I was doing music for that. I was helping out at a local church doing a youth event every weekend, you know, where I probably could have spent another hour studying for a test. Um, I was doing the ministry that I wanted to do for a career. And um, that was, you know, that's been the secret of success all my life um, as far as just doing what you want to do and then making those connections. And it's, it's the Lord's kind of just opened doors since then. Wow. That is uh, a man, a powerful packed answer. Uh, it's something I, no, it, it's fine because I, I was gleaning from every piece of it. And I, I have to say that's something I've learned in youth ministry. Uh, you talked about learning from pastor Charlie. It's uh, something I've, experience being here in Lake Union, uh, learning from him and uh, all the other youth directors. Uh, could you elaborate on, not to say anything is wrong, I think Southern Union is an awesome union, but I, I, I'm, I'm gonna be biased. There, there's something special about Lake Union. Could you talk a little bit about that? It's just a, it's a very tight knit group. Um, in some ways, I think they're you know, ever, I, obviously, I can't say anything wrong about Southern Union. I love it down here, too. But uh, um, I think they do a really good job of getting together. Um, I think the distance is actually, you know, especially between Illinois and Wisconsin, you know. And, of course, Wisconsin and Michigan, you just go over the lake. And, you know, there's this, you're, you're closer. Uh, they seem to work really well together. And I think, you know, some of, you know, Charlie and Ken, um, you know, these guys, are passionate about youth ministry for many years. And of course, having Ron Whitehead there, who's just a visionary. And, you know, it's it's just a, it's a very exciting thing to just just work together and support each other and, and you know, follow a vision and just and pray about it. And what is the best thing? How can we glean from each other? And, and uh, yeah, it's a, uh, I really love the, the people in Wisconsin. I miss them, um, you know, I miss them greatly. Uh, they, they're just, but yeah, Lake Union is a very special place. Yeah, I, I just had to give a little shout out to my home union there and uh, give them a little plug because, yes, it's a it's an awesome place. Uh, I've enjoyed working with uh, many youth directors here, uh, but I did want to ask you a follow up on what you said earlier. Uh, I know it was, you know, the Lord led you and everything, 
but you received, uh, you got the call for two conference youth director positions, basically the same time. Uh, that that is that is a definitely a tough decision. Can you add? Not only did was it prayer, but what else led you to feel like Wisconsin was the right choice for you and your family? Well, yeah, this is a. You're asking excellent questions, by the way. So, <laughs> um, I've got stories for every one of them. Um, you know, like I said, we were so happy in Indianapolis. Loved our church. Um, we're planning to stay there. We had a good young adult group that we were uh, working with, just uh, doing evangelism. The church was growing. We had an adventures pathfinders. Just all a lot of good. Everything you would hope for. God was blessing. We were loving it. We weren't looking, you know. Um, and uh, we got we got a call from from Wisconsin. And we got a call from um, Illinois. And this was kind of an interest call prior to the first call. And you know, it just kind of put it on our radar. Like, wow, um, wow. You know, I, I thought I'd maybe be at the local church a little longer before going into youth director job work, but uh, we said no uh, <laughs> to. And then Wisconsin called again, and we said no, and. And uh, Wisconsin called a third time and we said no. And we, <laughs> but uh, I guess the thing I always tell, tell young people is, is pray for peace. You know, that's, that's the thing is pray for peace. If you get it, you know, pray to praise the Lord. If you don't get it, maybe God's leading you in a different direction. And, and that's the thing that really hit me is after we said no, like I remember just waking up, it panicked. Um, and I told Kim, I was like, I, don't have peace. You know, I don't want to leave. I don't want to go anywhere, but I just, I don't have peace. I feel like what if God has been calling and we're not listening? Um, anyhow, we uh, finally said, okay, let's do this. Let's go up. Let's have the official interview and say no <laughs> so I can have peace and and be good, you know? And so, uh, you know, we had our plus minus lists. Of course, we were praying about everything, but, you know, I was about, I was probably 50-50, like, let's see where the Lord leads. My wife was 90, 10, 90 being we're staying here. She <laughs> didn't want anything to do with leaving. Um, anyhow, we uh, we got up to Wisconsin. Um, and it, it, it was that moment. It's so hard to describe, but it, it wasn't like the lists of plus minus of why we should stay, why we should go. It wasn't like those changed. It was like um, God just kind of opened our eyes to like doing youth ministry at a camp. We could run a summer camp. We could you know, be, you know, creative in our, in our outreach, in our, our young adult ministry, like, like the vision of what this could be finally hit us. And I remember my wife and I just, we looked at each other and we just started crying. Like we were like, we're, we're leaving, we're coming to Wisconsin and we haven't even had the interview yet, but we just, we just knew we're like, this is where God is leading. And, and all of a sudden our plus minus list didn't matter anymore. Um, it's like that was obsolete. That wasn't even on the table anymore. It was just kind of like God finally just gave us peace, even though we didn't. And that's the crazy thing. We didn't have answers. Like we didn't know where our kids were going to go to school. We didn't know financially how it was going to work. Um, there were so many things we didn't know, except for the fact that God had given us peace, that this is where he was leading. Um, you know, the same thing coming down to, to Kentucky, Tennessee. I think that's just it's, it's an amazing act of faith, just knowing um, I don't have all the answers, but this is where God's leading. And if God's leading it, this is where I got to go. And and it's really cool that God called the whole family. It wasn't just me. You know, it wasn't, come on, Kim, come with me. You know, it was like God called 
the whole family, even, you know, I, I, I remember praying like, Lord, if you call me, but not Kim, that's going to be real tough. Um, but the fact that she just looked at me and realized, wow, we're, we're leaving, we're going to Wisconsin. Like that, that was a beautiful thing. Oh, wow. That's wow. That's so powerful in the fact that God's plan just was revealed to you in that way. And you just knew, and I'm sure Wisconsin, uh, and Lake Union was blessed by your ministry for many years. Uh, and now you're in Kentucky, Tennessee. Uh, can you let us know how it is down there um, and what you do that's so great, that's making you know youth ministry so awesome in that conference? Well, I, I am very blessed with uh, Nelson Silva. I, um, I have an associate down here. That was another thing that was kind of a, a, an appeal. Um, you know, it was kind of another one of those things we weren't looking to leave uh, Wisconsin either. We uh, we were living at the camp and, you know, without going into too many details, our young children were kind of at the place where we had been homeschooling, but it was kind of time to get them in our schools and they were ready for that social interaction. And so we weren't looking to leave Wisconsin, but we were looking to at least move to where they could go to a school in person and not be homeschooled. And it was around that time that this, this other call came and, you know, it, it, there's a beautiful school connected um, and, uh, you know, having an associate and, um, you know, there's there's just a lot of a lot of things down here uh, that that appeal to where we were in our lives and our ministry and, and what happened next. And so it was it was another tough call. But, um, yeah, these are these are incredible people down here uh, there. There's. I think in some ways, you know, youth director burnout is definitely a thing you got to look out for. Um, you know, you can you can kill yourself and people won't even know you're working hard. You know, like it's it's one of those things that um, it, it's very unknown just how how difficult this job can be. And, you know, the, the fact that this was a little more, especially for kind of my passions, um, this is this this and having an associate, having someone that that, you know, we could support each other, but at the same time, we could set up some healthy boundaries. Uh, this was a good fit at where I was too. And just, you know, for the age of my children, a lot of it has to do with the family. It really, it really does. Um, but yeah, I just, we, we left Wisconsin just with total love in our heart. We still love the place. We go back every now and then and get to see people, um, you know, and just very thankful for that journey in our lives. And we're thankful for this one too, as well. So Pastor Greg, uh, I'm, I'm in your answers. I'm seeing uh, it, it, the way you're answering that family is very important to you. Uh, in, in you mentioning how you needed your wife to also have a call and uh, finding schooling for your children, it seems that that is really, really, really paramount in your ministry. Um, I've noticed that a lot in youth directors, that family is so crucial. Can you explain why that is so important to you and probably to many youth directors, why family is important? It's so easy to say the words that family is our first ministry, but to actually make that happen, you have to be intentional. And, and I'm not saying that as a judgmental thing. I'm saying that this is a lesson I've had to learn is, um, you know, I've had to actually just say this weekend, <laughs> Even though there's a lot more work to do, this is a family weekend. We are not taking, you know, a preaching assignment. We are not going to do an extra event just because we could. But this is a time we just have to be together. And 
you know, just um, my children, it's what an incredible ministry. They're in your house. They see you in the good days and the bad days. They, they know who you are. You know, they know when you're putting up a face, you know, out there, but you're not like that at home. And, you know, that's one of the things that my wife and I were, have been on the same page of from the very beginning is our children, our boys are our first ministry. Our relationship is our first ministry. I'll tell you a, a quick story. Like um, this blew me away my first summer. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. By the way, hats off to Zach, uh, <laughs> Zach Payne. I'm so proud of you, brother, there in the Lake Union, taking on that role of youth director in Wisconsin. Um, first years are tough. <laughs> and Zach, I'm so proud of you, man. But uh, the first year as, as a youth director, I'm just trying my best to get through it. My wife and I are trying to figure out how to run summer camp. We made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> um, learned a lot of things. Um, but at the same time, um, one of my staff came up in, at the very end and they wanted to talk to Kim and I, which, you know, happens a lot. And, you know, the staff member said something that just blew us away. She said, um, you know, I had, wasn't sure if I would ever get married. I thought I might be just even a single parent for life. But seeing your relationship gives me hope that one day I might actually want to be married. And that just like, it floored me. Like it floored Kim and I because like we didn't realize, we thought we are here just for the campers. You know, we're here just to tell the campers about Jesus. It didn't even like hit us that our relationship, the way we respond to one another was a ministry to our staff, to others. Like our love for each other, the reflection of, of Christ that we hopefully we have in our relationship, that's a part of this ministry. You know, and and what is it going to do if you have a family that's fallen apart, but, you know, Pathfinder clubs are growing? You know, like what, how, what does that say? It's like, yeah, too bad for them. Like, no, this like this ministry, this, this collaboration. Um, by the way, a little shout out. There's a book called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. Um, if you haven't read it, just powerful, powerful book on, on setting these boundaries on this, uh, this idea of making family the priority. Anyhow, um, family, you know, from the very beginning, my boys have been involved. You know, they would help sing us, sing up front when we went we did in camp promo. They would help do part of the presentation. Um, my son helps write the play. Uh, you know, and and I know at the earliest age, my my kids were running the store. They were helping with ceramics. Uh, you know, they've always been a part of the ministry. You know, they're not just kind of on the sideline while mom and dad do ministry. Like they're a part of the Taylor ministry. And uh, that's I wouldn't have had it any other way. They, you know, I've gone to a week of prayers and I take them with me. And it's been awesome. You see you see young people make decisions for Jesus and my kids who want to get emotional here. But my boys are on the front row watching people make decisions for Jesus. Like they've seen the power of, of the gospel firsthand and the power of Christ, and they've witnessed it. You know, I don't have to tell them about it. They see it. And uh, I'm so proud of my kids, and, and that's kind of always been the idea is I am not going to be that that youth professional or that just minister who, you know, works his, his tail off and forsakes his family. And uh, it's not just the fact I don't want to lose them. It's a matter of, like, how powerful it is when it's a joint effort. Well, I, I just have to add a little bit to that because I, I, I completely agree. It seems in youth ministry, even if you 
are a very capable youth director. It's so much better when it's a team and when it's your family, that's that team. It, it, it's so powerful and effective. And I've seen it in many families. And also uh, like, I think when you said, you know, youth director burnout is a real thing. Uh, the ones that will be there for you is your family. So if you invest in them, when it gets, when the job gets hard, they will invest in you. And I think that's something I'm learning and uh, something I, I'm going to have to continue to get better at. Uh, you know, I, I, at first when I used to do interviews with youth directors, I, I, I would be trying to get my sons to be away from me. Now, uh, speaking <laughs> with my wife, I've learned that having them be there and watch it, 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 it affects their lives, like you said, Pastor Greg, to the point that now, if my son has to be sleeping on my shoulder uh, because <laughs> I'm doing an interview, so be it, you know, so he can grow up and seeing that. And I think that's powerful. And, and I'm, I'm so grateful that she said that, Pastor Greg. Uh, Amen. Moving on to a little bit uh, something relevant. Uh, this week is uh, a lot of clubs and a lot of uh, conferences are doing Scarf Week because Pathfinder Day is coming up. Uh, you are a youth director who has experienced youth ministry in two conferences, Can you, uh, and one of them being in Lake Union. Can you explain the importance and the impactful uh, effect of the North American Division Pathfinder Campery? Wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I think in Pathfinders in general, like I think the really cool thing about this this ministry is it gives our young people a, a voice. You know, we often will say like we need to, uh, you know, include our youth, and then we're like, you know, we just say it and we don't do anything. You know, <laughs> kind of, you know, and that's that's an age old problem. You know, and uh, but Pathfinders, you know, it it gives the them them a, a position, it gives them a role, it gives them leadership, it gives them leadership training. And in a, in a really cool way, like Pathfinders holds the church accountable, you know, like you know, a church that sees the Pathfinder Club who are going out and doing ministry, who are, you know, learning more, studying to be better equipped to do ministry, who are out there, you know, raking lawns, doing service projects to a church member that holds them accountable. Like, man, you know, I, I need to be, you know, learning from this. And it gives the it, it, it's more than just lip service to let's involve our youth. It's actually like this is their role. And, you know, kudos to those. I, I mean, honestly, if you have two kids in your church, I think you should have a Pathfinder Club. I mean, just every church should have a Pathfinder Club. Um, I love the uh, I, I don't I don't know that many have the perspective that us youth directors do, that there are so many small churches that they really don't get outside of that church. And especially we have so many churches where your youth are not in our Adventist schools, you know, our rural, rural churches, um, you know, they're not, we don't have an Adventist school there. So like they're in the public setting all week and they have the one Adventist setting on the Sabbath. And when it's very easy to think that's all there is, you know, it's very easy to think that that's, that, that is Adventism. It's two other people in my church or whatever. You know, but at the same time, when you have this this Lake Union Campery, when you have this ended, you know, the Oshkosh and now the Wyoming Camp Campery, I've taken my public remember I had public campus kids and they were just, I mean, awestruck, like, whoa, 
I'm a part of something greater. I'm a part of something grander. You know, this is, and you know, every five years, of course, for the, for the, um, NAD. And of course, you know, we have every, you, you rotate with the, the union camperies as well. It's kind of, this is a way to prepare for it, to tell, you know, in, in a few years after you've had it, you can start telling the younger Pathfinders, you guys are going to love it. This is what you're going to want to do. Here's how you're going to have to fundraise. You know, it's this constant, you know, getting excited, preparing. It's it's this constant, uh, you know, opportunity. And of course, at the Camp Re, you're doing ministry. You know, you're having a lot of fun too, but you're being inspired. It's, it's, it's for so many of our kids, uh, you know, make decisions. I think, I think I baptized 33 people at the uh, Oshkosh Campery. It was incredible. Um, just the powerful, uh, the, the, the appeals that were made from the front. I just had kids almost every night coming up and I want to find Pastor Greg, you know, and I've, I've decided I want to be baptized on Saturday. You know, it was just, it's an incredible evangelistic effort. But uh, I mean, that's, that's a loaded question because, you know, that, I think I think the coolest thing is this, um, and maybe just a long, little bit of a of a soapbox here. Um, I think this is why we are struggling with public campus ministry, is because we don't have um, this system set up. In other words, like so quickly today, I could say I need to get a word out to my pathfinders. I can write an email, get it to the area coordinators who could write an email to their pathfinder leaders. Who would have a club meeting later this week within a week i can get a word out to almost every single pathfinder in my you know in in my conference within less than a week i can get a word out for our public campuses who don't have the structure of area coordinators who don't have the structure of, of you know area directors uh, this is why we're trying to do this and it's the acf is doing a good job of trying to get more and more chapters but you know if i want to get a word out to every public campus student it's so much more difficult because that structure system is not there where Pathfinders is built for this communication, for this collaboration. Um, I think one of the coolest things here in Tennessee, we are the, the volunteer state. And, uh, you know, we have uh, we had a few tornadoes come come by and it's just incredible how just just like that, you've got an army ready to go help out, you know, go, go clean up, go, you know, put things back together and, and uh, you know, it was just—it was almost emotional just seeing all these young people. They just left school, and came and helped, and 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 just it's this powerful ministry that that is. But anyhow, yeah, Pathfinders—it's it's built for this collaboration, for this communication, for this uh, you know, the structure that helps us uh, communicate and and empower, and then watch them go and do amazing things. And uh, that's basically why I asked this question a lot is because I, I, I kind of wanted a good long answer of how <laughs> important and impactful Pathfinder ministry is because uh, you'd be amazed, Pastor Greg, how many churches still don't have Pathfinder clubs. And Watch they're, it. yeah, and there's, they're missing out on a powerful ministry where it empowers young people, uh, it changes lives. And like you said, there's no organization, and I, I know I'm biased, everyone who is listening, but, but hear me out. There's no organization within the SDA church, Seventh-day Adventist church, that is more disciplined, more ready to work than uh, club ministries, they, the uniform ministries. They are uh, MCC, uh, Master Guides, Pathfinders and Adventurers. They're ready to go and uh, change the world. So uh it's great to hear those 
words from you, Pastor Craig, and hopefully anyone who's listening will take heed and (laughs) say, you know what? If I do only have two kids, I should have a Pathfinder club. It's worth every second. It's worth every, it's hard work. I mean, don't kid yourself, guys. It's hard work, but it's worth every second. And when you see these young people just get on fire for Christ, I mean, that, that's, that's all you need. You know, that, that fills you, that inspires you, that it's, it's, it's worth every second. So Pastor Greg, I I think I'm going to ask this question. uh, And it's, it was a question that was really going through my mind. Uh, You said there was a difference between um, the young people that are in Adventist schools versus those that go to uh, public schools. Uh, What's the different way to approach each environment? Like, how do you approach uh, a young person who does go to an Adventist school? Or do you even need to because the school is doing all the work for you? Or um, is it if you could elaborate on that, what's the difference between engaging between public campus uh, youth and versus those who are in Adventist schools? You know, I, it's a, that's a good question. Um, as far as engaging with the youth, I don't think it was that much of a stretch to going to public kids on public campuses. Of course, they see things a little bit different. Um, they they have you know they aren't as open to, to have being able to pray. Sometimes it's, you know, a little bit more of a culture shock because they don't have uh, as, you know, focused conversations about Christ in their classrooms. You know, a lot of them won't, won't do that. But it really wasn't that uh, much of a stretch to go from Adventist education to uh, students from public campuses. You know, maybe they've, uh, you know, it, it, I guess that really depends a lot on the environment. I think the one thing that really did um, was exciting was just the opportunity for ministry. Like um, with my public campus students, um, I remember um, we did this thing at the very beginning of of, uh, of my time there. I said, if you could ask God three questions, what would they be? If you could ask a pastor three questions, what would they be? And uh, they, you know, put these in a hat. They didn't put their name on on them. But that, I mean, that was almost our first year of our of our youth Sabbath school was just unpacking that. And, you know, some had heard rumors about, you know, what is this, you know, um, little horn of Bible prophecy? Who is the Antichrist? What is the nature of hell? Like I heard pastors say something, but I don't really get it. And so, you know, like it was actually really cool because I, I told them, I was like, guys, I, I'm happy to go into some of these, you know, deep things like, you know, um, does, do you really burn forever in hell? You know, is, and you know, that's not our Adventist understanding, obviously. And, and so I said, but I, it's going to be really hard to deal with that in a Sabbath school class. I tell you what, what if we went Sabbath afternoon and you can bring some friends? It's like, really? I could bring my friends from public schools? And believe it or not, I had a packed house of public school students wanting to know what the Bible said about hell on Sabbath afternoon. Like, it was incredible. I mean, of course, about half of them were Adventists, but they brought their friends. And then, uh, you know, we went to, uh, we didn't just do Bible studies. We, there's a theme park called Kings Island. And so I remember when I was a pastor, I packed a bus full of mostly public school kids. And it was my youth group and their friends. And uh, we went and I, I just went from seat to seat and talked to, you know, I didn't just talk to my Adventist kids. I got to know all of them and 
all of a sudden these kids who weren't even Adventist, um, you know, we did an all night thing at our gym and they were a part of it. And uh, it, it just very, you know, some of them became Adventists. Some of them, you know, wanted to, to join our Bible study consistent, consistently. And I think that's uh, that that was one of the coolest things about being working with public school students is just the amount of opportunities and connections um, that you can make, you know, just just realizing the opportunity for ministry that you have. Obviously, on a Christian Adventist school campus, there's always opportunity for ministry. But sometimes it's a little different. It's almost kind of like we have this idea like, well, everybody knows it, so we don't need to talk about it. Um, and there, there, sometimes you fall into that that idea. But uh, that was really cool. Just getting to know these kids. It gave me a foot in the door on public campuses. And it wasn't just, you know, with my Adventist youth, it really gave me an opportunity to, uh, you know, multiple public schools to, uh, to connect with kids and, uh, and their friends. Wow. Pastor Greg, man, it's been a pleasure and an honor to mm -hmm. speak with you, to learn uh, from your experiences. As I Absolutely. usually do on this podcast, I give it to the guests to give some words of encouragement uh, somewhere out there, Pastor Greg, there is a, a, a guitar playing a young man who is feeling the tug to ministry, but is afraid to go into it and to empower the next generation. What words of encouragement would you have for that young person? Wow. Well, it's a dangerous thing, but pray for peace. You know, that's that's it. Is pray, pray that prayer like, Lord, I'm feeling the tug. But I'm, you know, maybe you're thinking I'm afraid of public speaking or what if I, you know, my mouth gets dry when I talk or what if I don't remember the things I've studied and they ask me questions I can't answer. There's so often we think of these very like minuscule reasons why we can't do it. And then we just got to go down the list of the people God used and and realize that if you're willing and if God calls, you got to you got to do it. There's always and here's here's the line. There's always safety in going through the doors that God opens. And that doesn't mean that you won't have hard times going through those doors. It doesn't mean life's going to be easy, but you can have peace that if this is where God's leading you, he's going to be there with you. He's going to get you through it. He's going to send his spirits to help you in, in the challenges that come forth. And I've, I've always found that. It's like when God opens the door, who are we to say? I mean, that's a neat door, Lord, but uh, I, I see this other one. I might try that first. Like, that doesn't work out. <laughs> the Lord will lead us back. Um, but when God opens the door, and especially when God puts that, that call on your heart, you know, pray that prayer. Like, Lord, um, I, I only want to do what I want to do, but please influence that. You know, but more of like, Lord, um, I want to pray for peace about this direction I feel you're leading. And if God opens that door, um, don't be afraid. You know, don't don't be afraid. He will give you what you need. He will he will put the people in your in your life and your sphere of influence that will be there to support you on that journey. Um, and it's it's truly an adventure knowing that it's an act of faith. It's an act of faith saying, you know, God, here I am. Here I am. And and he always provides. So pray for that peace. And when that door opens with confidence, say, all right, Lord, I'm going through and play your guitar along the way if you'd like. Mm-hmm. <laughs>